Good morning, church. Good morning. Thank you. Um, can we have our first slide? There we go. Um, hey, Will, do you know what's coming up soon? No, what's coming up? Oh, come on, you know. Oh, yeah, it's winter solstice. No, no, you know, it's Christmas. Christmas, I Yay! like Christmas. Christmas. What's your favorite part about Christmas? Well, the favorite part for me is that our kids are going to come back to visit us. No way. That's really exciting. So this is our family. We took that this summer. And um, if you don't know anything else about us, know this. We like to jump in our pictures. We think family portraits are really boring. So my daughter set this up, and our son decided to do a belly flop in honor of our jump picture, which we thought was just hilarious. And um, so he will be coming this week. And then, our, our, then next to Will is our, uh, our son Andy will come, and then Julie will come, and then Katie and her husband will come. He wasn't in the picture. And Sophia's already here. So that's our family, and, and um, if you're uh, going to be around during Christmas, you might get a chance to meet them all. So that's really exciting. And I really like Christmas, but there's one part of Christmas that I'm really not looking forward to very much. But wait, I want to have a break in this. Don't we need to read a scripture? Not yet. Yes, I think we do. What? Okay. You really want to, you want to share the scripture right now? I think that would be very important for us to do. Okay, well, I'll stop talking about my family then and read the scripture. How about that? That sounds okay. great. Okay, good. Okay, I'm going to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So if you have a Bible or can get it on your phone, because we don't have it on the slide, um, please do that so you can follow along with me. I'll read it in English first, and then we'll read it in Chinese. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 7. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Kau 他们在攻击圣徒的世上有份。他们超过了我们所期望的，照着神的旨意，先把自己献给主，然后献给我们。因此，我们勉励提多，既然开始了。
这个慈善的事就应当在你们那里把这事办好你们在一切事上就如信心口才知识热情和爱我们的心既然都是丰富的那么在这个慈善的事上也要显出你们是富足的这是神的话这是神的话哦不过我的父母和母亲不要做这些事情做我的孩子做我的孩子做我的孩子做我的孩子做我的孩子做我的孩子做我的孩子做我的孩子做我的孩子做我的孩子做我的孩子做我的孩
I'm it sounds ridiculous to, to say you're going to give selfish gifts. Well, but. I'm going to try to explain this. I don't think that you mean that you're just giving a gift just for yourself, right? No, 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 absolutely not. Not selfish gifts that says to God, I just want just what I can get to make me happy, to make my life easy and smooth and without any problems. Um, there's no worries in my life. That's not the kind of gift we're talking about. No, and it's not the kind of gift that says to your spouse, I need you to do what satisfies me so I can accomplish what I need to do to make me satisfied. And it's not the kind of selfish gift either that says to your kids, you know, I really need you to behave so that I can have a very peaceful day right now. It's not that kind of selfish gift where you get something for you to satisfy yourself. But we're talking about a selfish gift. That it's a self-ish gift. A self-ish gift. From that passage we just read in 2 Corinthians 8, um, it talked about the Corinthian believers and it said that they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us, to, to, the, to the people that um, uh, Paul was writing about. In the message, uh, the version of the Bible in English, it says uh, that they were, um, it was given themselves unreservedly to God and to us. And that word unreservedly, without reservation, without hold, no holds barred, there was no, they weren't withholding anything about themselves to God. The problem is, many times when we hear God's word and we come to church and we listen, that we have a vitamin A deficiency. Hey, I take vitamins every day. Do you understand that vitamin A stuff? Yeah, I take multivitamins. Okay, well, not that kind of vitamin oh. A deficiency. It's not that. The vitamin A deficiency that I think that we have a problem with is the that A is application, that we lack applying God's word in our lives. We hear it and we think it's good, but we're not following through with it. So that's the problem that we have is we're not applying what we learn mm -hmm. when we hear God's word. So well, how in the world do we, are we supposed to take this verse where it says they've given themselves unreservedly to God and then to others? How do we do that practically? I really like this passage um, from 2 Corinthians 8. It was talking about a group of people, and it described these people, and it said that they were in the most severe trial in, chapter, in verse 2. And in, in that severe trial, they were overflowing with joy, and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. So Paul is describing a group of people that lacked a lot. They were going through hard times. I'm not sure why they were going through hard times. Maybe it was economic crisis. Maybe there were droughts. Maybe they had a, lot, a lot of them had lost their jobs, so they were lacking a lot of the things that they needed in their life at the time, and it was causing distress to them. But in the midst of their hard times, these people were willing to be rich in generosity. They were willing to, sh to consider how they could share with other people. And he went on to talk about how they, w they gave beyond their abilities, entirely on their own. Nobody was forcing them to give. Nobody made them give this money gift to, um, to the apostles to share with others. And they didn't do as they were expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord. So that's one of the things. And it says this is God's will. God's will is for us to first give ourselves to him. So that's the first thing in applying this verse that I want us to focus on. What does it mean to give yourself first to the Lord? How do we do that? Well, this selfish or selfless, selfish gift 
says to God that I want to follow you first, no matter what I'm going through, no matter how difficult it is, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you today. About eight years ago, our family went through a dark period in our lives, in our marriage. Um, about eight years ago, our second daughter went through a time of depression, and she had suicidal thoughts. And um, so as parents, we love our daughter. We began to walk with her through that period of darkness. Um, and it affects us as people whenever you walk through depression with somebody. Um, as we were processing that as a couple and as a family, um, we lived in another country and another, with another organization, and we began to feel that we felt that others were judging us, that um, they were looking at us and saying, we need to find out why your daughter is going through depression. You need to go to counseling as a family. And um, we felt like there was accusations on us that maybe something's wrong with us as to why she was struggling with things. And um, so we, as things, un we felt a lot of opposition, a lot, no support from some other people in our organization. And it caused us to have even greater difficulties and greater distress. And we felt like these people, that we were going through severe trials in our lives. And many days, um, we felt we did not have any strength to, to handle the trials we were going through. The only thing that kept us going was drawing close to the Lord, was every day calling out to God to help us, to help us in our marriage, to help us as parents. And um, we felt we had no energy, but we knew that we needed God to help us through that time. And so it was in that time, and what we call uh, dark night of the soul, that we went through for about two-year period, that um, the only thing that kept us going was the strength that God gave us and the wisdom and the encouragement that he gave us. So that for us was how we experienced giving ourselves first to God so that we could handle having the strength to care for our daughter and dealing with opposition and things like that. Hmm. Habakkuk um, chapter 3, I think it's verse 15, says that um, though the barns are empty and there's no cattle in the, in the stall, um, I will yet praise him. And uh, that was what we, we, we experienced, is having to really give ourselves to the Lord because we had nothing else to give. We have nothing else to, to offer anyone unless we had strength from the Lord to do so. Another way that um, in verses 3 through 5 in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I really like that it says, uh, they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond that. So they were giving by faith. They were giving something that they didn't naturally have means to give. They gave it by faith. They gave beyond what they were their ability. And it even exceeded their expectations. It exceeded Paul's expectations of what he had hoped that they would, they would be able to give. And um, a lot of times when we uh, think about giving a gift to our spouse, we think about, you know, maybe that Amazon gift guide. But what we would really encourage you to do is to think about the kind of selfish selfless gift, the selfish, selfless gift of giving yourself to your spouse and giving yourself to your spouse unreservedly, giving your spouse, giving to your spouse. Um, how do you do that? How, how do you practically do that? Uh, about five years ago, I had open heart surgery and um, they took one of those nice Black & Decker power saws you know, they really look, they do look like that. And zzz, right up, you know, my sternum. And then they opened up my, my rib cage. And um, yeah, if you've ever eaten 
barbecue ribs. Now that's that I don't like to eat them anymore. Anyway, so they opened my rib cage and they inserted a, a mechanical valve in my aorta, and and now I tick like a time bomb and and all sorts of things. But um, after going through that kind of surgery, also they also have to drill holes on either side of your sternum, and then they put a wire through there, and then they twisty tie it closed. So your sternum is being held together by twisty ties. Think of that thing on the bread, you know? That's like, you know, ah, it's kind of scary. Um, and it, it was very, very painful to go through that kind of surgery. Not only was it difficult for me to like get into bed, but it was very, very difficult for me to lie down. And it was hard to do almost anything for, for many, many weeks as I waited for my, my sternum to heal because not only was it difficult to, to sneeze or cough or laugh, um, it was also really hard to breathe because you can't immobilize your rib cage while it's healing. And so it was, I'd lost myself. No. Um, it was a difficult, um, it was a very painful time for me. And um, during that time, I needed help getting into bed and I needed help falling asleep because I said I tick like a time bomb and it's very loud. I can hear my heart beating even now. I can take my pulse. I don't need a stethoscope or a <laughs> finger on my, my wrist, I can, I can tell you. Um, and Will, um, sacrificially, every night, he would carry me up to bed. And I weigh a lot more than I look. He would carry me up the stairs and put me in bed and, and listen to me scream as I tried to lay prone and, um, and just cry. And he just had to bear with that every night of me just laying there crying because I, I couldn't, I, could, I, I have a back problem too and I can't, laying on my back is very difficult and so I wanted to lay on my side but I couldn't and so anyway, it's a big long story. Um, but Will, every night, because of his great love for me and his sacrifice and giving even beyond what I expected, he would read to me from this really thick book called Driving in China. Anybody ever read this book? <laughs> <laughs> I got two over here. That's great. And it is a, because there's probably that many roads in China. You really need that thick of a book to read it. He read to me every night from that book so that I would, I'm sorry, it was a really boring book, but it was able, I was able to fall asleep to that every night. And hearing his voice was something that has meant so much to me. And many times when we get married and we stand in front of God and everyone and we give our marriage vows and we say, and for richer, for poorer, and sickness and in health, you know, till death do us part. And, but we hardly ever have that rubber meet the road on a daily basis. We don't, hopefully, we don't have that happening, those kind of crises or traumatic situations happening to us all the time. But as I was experiencing that, I got to see firsthand our marriage vows lived out. As he, he every night, gave himself to me at reading that, that book to me and helping me to fall asleep. Um, I still have trouble falling asleep, but um, I, don't need, I don't need Will to read to me anymore because it's, it's well... Yeah, anyway, but um, that's what is, it's like to serve your spouse selflessly, is to give of yourself even when it's going be of above and beyond, giving of yourself. And I, I have such a great um, example of, of what it is to, to have a spouse give, yourself, give himself completely to me in that, and I'm so thankful. So the first priority from that passage, it says that we are to give, to offer ourselves to God first, that's the number one priority in your life. The second, if you're married, is to offer yourself to your spouse, to give yourself to your spouse in different ways, sacrificially, um, unconditionally. Last week he talked about sacrificially, unconditionally, and passionately or persistently, some adverb like that. I can't remember the exact word, but we are to continually do that. The third way 
that um, we want to encourage you, if you have kids, is to give yourself to your kids, to your family. Um, so what does that mean, to give yourself to your kids and to your family? It means to say, I'm yours. I'll never stop loving you, no matter how much you fail, no matter if you disappoint me, I still love you, no matter what. About four weeks ago, uh, we were talking to our son um, on Skype, and um, it became evident that he was going through some difficulties in his life. Um, he began to confess things to us that he was, he was struggling with, um, his, some of his actions, some of the people he had been hanging around with and doing things that he knew weren't right. Um, he had also talked about how he had, was struggling to adjust to life in America. He's only been there two years, and he really doesn't feel comfortable there. Doesn't, um, he's beginning to realize that he missed his parents. Imagine that. Um, for many years, he just didn't want to spend time with us. And now he wishes, he told us, I wish I could just go and be with you on the weekends, and I can't do that. Well, he was really struggling. He was emotionally struggling, and it was evident to us that he was at a crucial point in his life right now where he needed help. And um, so we asked him, do you want dad to come to be with you? And um, he said, yes, I need that right now. And so um, immediately that day, I bought a ticket and left four days later to go visit and spend seven days with my son. And um, it was a, a wonderful time because um, he continued to confess things. He was very honest and open with us with his struggles. Uh, we had a lot of time to talk to pray, to encourage him, to give him some ideas of how to, to get, get back up and to, to um, continue to meet with people that could help him. And um, I had quite a few opportunities when he cried and confessed things to me to say, I still love you, you know, I still believe in you, I still am confident that God's going to use you. And I left him with him having a tender heart. And so that's why I felt confident that God is working in his life and that that he's gotten back up. So to, whenever your kids struggle and they come to a parent and they acknowledge things to you, to say to them, I love you, I'm yours, and um, I'm proud of you, and I'm, I'm willing to stick with you and work with you through this. So giving yourself to your kids, it might mean spiritual kids. It might mean that if you don't have any kids of your own, kids, people that, you have, that you've nurtured in the faith and you're willing to to build that the vulnerability and trust with them so that when they fail, they can come and talk to you and you, you say, I'm with you, I'm going to stick with you. Um, so the bigger family, to give yourself to your kids, to your family, and to others that you might have a spiritual heritage so that they will sense that you love them and they can trust you. Mm. In the busyness of the Christmas season, it's easy to get sidetracked and think uh, that the gifts that we give are really important and that the, the, the price tag or the the kind of effort you go to acquire that gift is really the important thing. When really the most important thing that you can give, and I've talked to a lot of people being in marriage ministry, I have heard from a lot of women that what they really want from their spouse is their spouse. They want their spouse. But what a lot of men have said is I really want my wife. I want, I want to experience a full relationship together. I want to experience time with them. And um, they're, they're not asking for, you know, new, new things or new toys or whatever. They're asking for their spouse, their spouse fully to give themselves to them. Um, in the busyness, it's, it's hard to find the right gift, but we want to encourage you to spend time seeking the best gift to give to them. 
And by giving your true self, that selfish self-gift, be your true self, the vulnerable you, the real you, the genuine you, that's what our spouse really wants for Christmas. Isn't that what you really want? Yeah. I yeah, do. that's what I really want too. And you know what? That's what our kids really want too. They just really want their mom and dad. Mm -hmm. They really do. They want the real, genuine, vulnerable you. And as we know, and as we know, we know that the Lord wants that from us. He wants us. He wants us. He doesn't want our, he says, don't bring me, you know, the, the fat of the rams and all your sacrifices. I want you. I want your heart. And so we know that's what God wants for Christmas. And as we give ourselves completely to the Lord, unreservedly, then we're able to give ourselves to our spouse and to our children. Because that's what they really, really want in the first place. Well, last week, the sermon, Rick talked about the best gift that you can give your kids if you're married is to um, love your spouse. And the best gift we can give our spouse is to love God. Uh, so for you visual learners, we have a slide here for you. Susie, can you explain that Look at, slide? Isn't that, isn't that cute? I, I designed this all by myself. We see we have, we have God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And as we, give our, we look up and give our devotion to him, and he gives us that love, like in 1 John 4, 10, that says it's not that we have first loved God, but that he first loved us. And so as we draw on the love that God gives us, then we're able to love our spouse. And then through that, we're able to love those around us. Now, I have four presents under the tree. Hopefully there's not any more because I'm in menopause and that would be really weird. But we do four? have a couple extra. What are those gifts? What are the names on those? They just say kid one, kid two, kid oh, three, okay. kid four. Oh, okay. Those are your kids. They yeah, represent they're... kids. Okay. <laughs> but we do have a couple extra children we've acquired along the way that I didn't I didn't put on there, but you can put your own kids on there too. You, know, you take this and uh, make your own uh, diagram. Anyway, it's, we have to start with the right relationship with God. No matter what kind of kids are under the tree, what kind of presence people are under that, under that, it comes from a right relationship from God, that we love our God first and that we choose to love our spouse and then we choose to love those around us. And that that selfish self-gift, it includes giving yourself to the Lord first and loving your spouse wholeheartedly and loving your children on a daily basis with loving kindness. Well, one way that you can demonstrate or apply uh, this passage about loving your spouse is that you could commit yourself, your selfish self, to go and make plans to attend. What we have on the next slide is a family life weekend to remember. It's February, the, this is out in the, the news for the first time today. On February the 2nd and 3rd of, the, of the, um, 2018 at Yosemite Clubhouse, we are going to be hosting a, a couples retreat in English uh, at Yosemite. And you are all invited. Uh, we will- To register? You have to, you will, we will be putting out the registration through WeChat soon and um, giving you more plans about, or more, not plans, more, details about it. The speakers will be all from this church. There will be three couples that will be speaking at this weekend to remember from this church. So make plans to attend. Um, and that's just one way that you can tell your spouse, I want to give you myself. I will go with you to this marriage conference. So this is going to be a place where we'll be able to talk about what every marriage needs, everything from communication to um, conflict resolution, how to be one in marriage, what every marriage needs is a relationship with God. You're going to even learn 
how to write a love letter if you've never done that before. We'll be having that. We'll be having a vowel ceremony. Uh, we'll be having good food. And um, because every marriage, if you want to have a great marriage, it doesn't just happen. You have to work at it. So I just want you to know, don't you um, cheapskates out there think, oh, this is a good way for me to get out of getting a good gift for my spouse. I can just say I'm going to that. So you need to give yourself too. Okay. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you uh, that you gave your son Jesus first. You gave the best gift to us. That's eternal life and a relationship with you. You gave the example, and we want to follow you by giving ourselves first to you, giving ourselves wholly to you every day. We want to also give ourselves, if we're married, to a spouse, the spouse that you've given us, that that is who you appointed for us to, to grow in Christ-likeness to become more like you, Jesus, and to love them and to commit to them all the days of our life, no matter what we grow through, no matter what severe trials we have. And we also want to commit, if we have children by birth, to commit to, to caring for them until they grow and even after they leave the home to support them and care for them for spiritual children to also see them to growth and maturity in their lives. Thank you. Lord, that this cannot be done on our own strength. We need you. We need your strength. We need your help. Lord, help us to, to avoid being vitamin A deficient. We want to apply the things that we learn. We need your strength and your wisdom to how to do that throughout this week. Thank you for your goodness and your watching over us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.